morning. How's it going this morning? You guys feel blessed? Our God is amazing. Amen? We're in Hawaii. It's beautiful. We're at an awesome church that has a water slide. That's pretty insane. We're pretty blessed. Um, the Salvation Army is like the only organization that can get away with having a water slide at their church. Yeah? If someone found out that Joel Olstein had a, a water slide at his church, people would be mad. But we're the Salvation Army, and they say, those guys do good work. They're doing something good. We're blessed. Um, I do have to be honest. I have a little confession to make. Um, I went to bed a little bitter last night because uh, I was up late working on my sermon notes, and before I went to bed, I happened to look at Facebook, and I seen all your pastoral staff playing cards and enjoying a tailgate party yesterday, and so I was, I was a little bitter, but I'm over it. I'm over it, and um, I'm here this morning, and I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and humbled. Um, before we start, if we could just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I pray that um, if I say anything up here that doesn't make sense or is uh, not right, Lord, that everybody would know that was me, God. And if I say anything that um, rings true, Lord, or speaks to their heart, Lord, that they would know that that's you and you would get the credit for that, Lord. I pray that everyone here leaves uh, knowing you better. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, before we start, um, I want to do an illustration that I need a $5 bill to do, a sermon illustration. Anybody have a $5 bill? A big spender. I have some ones here. I give you a five, you give me back a ten? No, I'll give you five ones. Five ones. Monopoly money. It's not Monopoly money. Is it Monopoly money? Monopoly money is different colors. What is that? So you're saying it's not the real thing. Well, there's my illustration right there. I'll put this in the offering plate for you. It's fake. It's not real. I don't know if you've seen this. I came in this morning. I, don't, I know some of you guys were jealous, but... Um, I don't know if anybody saw my coach bag. I got, you can get these really, really cheap now. Yeah, and if anybody wants to buy one for me, I can give you half off, right? And um, how many of you got, is there any single ladies? All the single ladies in here? Any single ladies? Nobody single? Oh, right there. What if you met the man of your dreams? You guys have been dating for a long time, and he was getting ready. You knew he was going to ask the question right? And, and one night he, he got on one knee, he pulled this out, this ring pop, you know, he opened it up, showed it to you and said, will you marry me? No, no, you wouldn't settle for this. You wouldn't settle for a fake, right? We live in a world that is full of fake stuff. People trying to pass something off as something else, right? Some, some fakes are better than other fakes, right? Um, I, don't, I don't know if you guys ever listen to the radio. I hate when there's a half hour long commercial and they try to make it like a TV show or a, a, a radio show. Like they have a doctor on there, but they're really just trying to sell a pill. Or back in the day, you know, like when they, they made like those blender commercials, they still do. They try to make it like it's a TV show, but it's really just a long commercial, right? And we, I don't know if we're dumb or we just play along with it, but we get sucked into this stuff, right? We, we settle 
for fake stuff all the time. And not only, not only with objects, but with people, right? We live in a, a time where, you know, it's contacts, implants, self-tanning, right? And those are just physical features. But what's really crazy is when people try to pass themselves off as someone they're not. Yeah? And um, as we're getting into political season, everybody thinks of politicians and everybody thinks they're fake, right? No one trusts them, right? But even beyond that, there's people like, you don't have to go very far um, to, on the internet or to read a newspaper to find somebody who has um, impersonated somebody that they're not. Just last year, there was a guy in New York who saw over 100 patients, wasn't a doctor, Yeah? People who represent other people in a court of law who aren't lawyers. Maybe you guys have known somebody or heard of somebody who was married to somebody for a long time only to find out they had another life, another marriage, other family. That's crazy. I say that because while we're really good at finding fakes on some things, some things were not so good. And it's important that we know what the real deal looks like. Um, because when it comes to Jesus, it's important that we know the real thing. Did you guys know that there's more than one Jesus? That the Bible talks about that there's more than one Jesus? I always thought there's only one Jesus. There's only one true Jesus. But the Bible talks about um, another Jesus. Next slide. We're going to talk about the real Jesus, so let's go to the next slide. That's my fault. This is Corinthians. I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you. Next slide. Many will, um, many will say to me, oh, sorry, real quick. Can you go to the next one? I may have, I think I missed a verse. But before we go to this, it goes on to say, if someone comes preaching a different Jesus than the one we taught, or gives you a different spirit, or a different word than the one you taught, you guys take it easy enough. I'm worried because even though I talk to you, this is Paul talking, even though I talk to you about the real Jesus, every time someone comes to tell you about a different Jesus, something that doesn't add up with what I've been teaching you, you take it hook, line, and sinker. That makes me nervous. Yeah? And it should make us nervous because we're going to read right now what I think is some of the scariest scripture in all of the Bible. Now, there are verses upon verses that make us warm and fuzzy inside about God keeping his promise about how much he loves us. But then there are verses that scare me. And this is one of them. This is Jesus talking. It says, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. These are people, the word says, that were saying, Jesus, we did so many things in your name. We worshiped you. We healed. We did miracles. And Jesus says, I don't even know who you are. That's scary. That you could spend your life serving someone you think is Jesus, doing amazing things for someone you think is Jesus, and he's not. How many of you guys have have flown lately? Anybody fly a lot? Yeah? You... It is not easy to get on a plane if you don't have the proper paperwork, right? They want to make sure you are exactly who you say you are. It's important for safety reasons. But everywhere they're checking, right? They check at the, uh, you want a library card? You got to show them your ID. Yeah? 
Credit card, you got to show them your ID. You want to go in the club, you need to show them your ID. Why is it more important to see somebody's identification and make sure they are who they say they are at the club, but we won't even check the ID of the person we're going to trust with our eternity? When someone starts talking about Jesus, it's important to check the ID. Is this the Jesus that, that is in the Bible? Is this the real Jesus? Because it's important that I know the real one. Because I don't want to be at the end of time when Jesus says, I don't even know who you are. We need to check the ID. So what we're going to look at today is a, a couple of common Jesuses that are prevalent in this day and age. Jesuses that um, many of us, um, unfortunately, have followed and believed in, but aren't the real deal. And what we'll find out is, with many of these Jesuses, partial truth is not full truth, right? So what happens is, is with these Jesuses that we'll see, they take a bit of truth about Jesus, and they twist it and distort it, right? So the first Jesus we're going to look at this morning is Guru Jesus. This is... um. A Jesus that you find prominent on college campgrounds or people who consider themselves really smart and scholarly. And they think that Jesus is awesome. Jesus is a great guy. He's a great example. He's a great teacher. Yeah? Some of you guys are like wondering, like some of these teachers I have up here, there's Buddha and there's Gandhi and there's Muhammad Ali because I can't find a picture of the prophet Muhammad. So I just used him for that. But they say that Jesus is equal to all these other things, right? If, if that Jesus works for you, that's great. Jesus was great. He has a lot of good teachings. That guy was selfless. That guy had a lot of good things to say. If Jesus works for you, good for you. That Jesus is good. Some people would say, Jesus is just the West interpretation of Buddha. Yeah, that he's just like another God. Everybody has a, a chance to recognize God, and this is how some people recognize him. That there's lots of ways to enlightenment, that there's lots of ways to heaven. That's not the truth. That's not the real Jesus. This is what Jesus says about him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's not saying that he's equal to anybody. He's saying he's the son of God. This is why they killed Jesus. He was saying he was the son of God. The other thing that really doesn't hold weight, um, C.S. Lewis is, is famous for talking about it, is you can't really say Jesus was a great guy and a great teacher, but then he also was crazy and called himself God. Right? Would you, would you listen to somebody um, who was calling themselves a dinosaur? Hey, I'm a dinosaur. And they had really good things to teach you. Like, dude, that guy's really smart, but he does think he's a dinosaur. You'd be like, that dude's weird. I'm not going to trust anything he says. Yet these people would say, Jesus is a great teacher. But he was also be a madman if he wasn't who he said he was. Jesus is a great teacher. He's the greatest teacher, but he's not just a teacher. Amen? He is Lord and Savior. If you ever talk with somebody, and this is what they talk about, it is important to note that Jesus claims 
that he is God. He never stopped people from calling him Savior. He never stopped people from worshiping him. Right? And that if he's just a great teacher, it doesn't cut it. He's either a Lord or a liar. He's either the Messiah or a madman. So when someone starts talking about Jesus, the good teacher, Jesus, the guru, Jesus, the, the, the prophet, and not Jesus, the son of God, Lord and creator of all things, you got to check the ID and say, nah, that's not the real Jesus. Amen? Guru Jesus is not Jesus. Next Jesus. Yes. This is relaxed buddy Jesus. Buddy, buddy, comfortable Jesus. Um, this Jesus is um, the one that neither causes or requires any real change in our lives. Um, he's the Jesus that's just like, you know how we say, oh, Jesus is my best friend. He's the Jesus, I go surfing and it's just me and Jesus. He protects me when I'm out there. You know, or I remember a few years ago there was this shirt that was promised that said, Jesus is my homeboy. Yeah, do you guys remember that? That's cool, right? What's the problem with comfortable friend Jesus that just wants to hang out with you all the time? Or how about this? Have you ever seen Jesus is my co-pilot? What's that about? What is the danger with, with friendly Jesus? Anybody? What the danger is is we kind of treat him like we do our friends. If Jesus is your homeboy, there's a, a, a chance you're going to start treating him like one of your homeboys. Your friends aren't Lord of your life. We are blessed that Jesus calls us his friend. Amen? Jesus calls us his friend, but that doesn't mean he stops being who he is. In charge. Jesus isn't our co-pilot. He's the only pilot. If you're driving somewhere with him, you better be in the back seat. Following, doing whatever he tells you to do. What happens too when Jesus is our homeboy? When God and when Jesus is telling you to do something, you got to do it. When your homeboys tell you to do something, you're like, eh, pass. When your friends are calling you on the phone, uh, I'm going to screen that call today. Can't do that with friend, buddy, Jesus. He looks real good and it makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside like... Oh, you know who my best friend is? Jesus. But if it only is as deep as that, it's not the real Jesus. Jesus doesn't require you to be his friend. He doesn't call you to say, hey, I'm calling you to be a friend. He says, I'm calling you to be disciples. I'm looking for servants, people who are going to follow me, lose your life for me. In fact, that's what the word says right here. If you look in Luke, there's three parables. It talks about counting the cost, right? Jesus says, if you don't even hate your brother and your sister and your mother and father in relationship when it comes to me, I don't even know you. He, now, he's not saying he wants you to hate your mother and your father. He's just saying, it's me or nothing. If you want to follow me, it's not going to be easy. You have to count the cost. He talks about a, a guy going to build a house. He says, man, if you're going to build a house and you have the plans, you better make sure you have all the, the money for the materials. Otherwise, halfway through, you're going to be like, oh, I can't finish this project. Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me, think about what it's going to cost you. And then he tells us right here in this next verse, 
what it does cost him. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. That's one heck of a friend. Man, Jesus puts it all out there. You know how some of you um, say, oh, I would die for my friend. That's really great. How many of you guys, when you first met somebody and they said, hey, you want to go to lunch sometime? He's like, I would love to. But let me tell you this. If you're going to be my friend, you're going to have to die for me. That's a way different, yeah? <laughs> like, uh, I'll pass on this friendship. Too much, too soon. Right? That's what Jesus does. Says, hey, if we're going to get into this relationship, it's me or nothing. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you your life. So warm, fuzzy Jesus, buddy Jesus, homeboy Jesus is not the real Jesus. Yeah? And I'm glad he doesn't have that hair. Next Jesus. Oh, yeah. This is who I call bling Jesus. Bling Jesus. Prosperity Jesus. Money, money Jesus. $100? This is prevalent in America where uh, people are saying that Jesus wants you to be wealthy. Jesus wants you to have the things that you want. And that's really attractive to people, yeah? Because who does not want to be wealthy? You know how they always say, hey, money doesn't solve everything. Money makes people miserable. I'm like, give me a chance, right? (laughs) Let me try it out still. But people, there are many people who think they follow Jesus because they think it's a way to get what they want. They treat Jesus like a cosmic pinata. Whenever they have something that they want, a need, something material, they ask God and say, God, I really want this. And then they're mad if they don't get it. And in fact, there's pastors that will say that if you didn't get it, then guess what? Then you're probably not doing something right because God wants you to be rich. God wants you to be prosperous. But again, this is a misinterpretation of a small truth and a stretch to something that was never meant to be. Any of you guys ever prayed to God for something that you know you shouldn't even been asking him for? Ever? Something personal that was just for you? When I was a kid, I, I used to always uh, pray and pray for a, a blue bicycle. Yeah? Lord, give me this bike. But then I found out how God works. Yeah? And so I just stole the bike and then I asked for forgiveness. Right? <laughs> no, I did not do that. But the danger is this. This isn't what Jesus is about. I don't even know how we get to this. When Jesus talks about prosperity, he talks about it in these terms. Look at what he said to the rich man. Well, first of all, this is what he says about rich people anyway. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. So let's just take that. If, God, if Jesus is saying what he means, and I believe he is, it's really hard for rich people to get to heaven. You know what I want to do for every one of my children? Make them rich. Does that make any sense? 
They say, the Bible says the money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say money is evil. It says it's the root. But God wants to give us all the roots we could handle. It makes zero sense. But yet we take it. God wants us to be rich. Because we take verses like this, next verse. This is the, the story of the rich young man who came to Jesus and wanted to follow him. Right? And Jesus says this. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. And he tells this guy, this guy came to him and said, Lord, what must I do to follow you? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. I've done it. Love your neighbors yourself. I've done that. Then Jesus says, there's one more thing you got to do. There's still one thing you haven't done. He told him, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure, where? In heaven. Then come follow me. Jesus says to store up our treasures in heaven. He wants us to be prosperous, not in this life, not in the way that we think, but in the next life. When Jesus is talking about prosperity, he's talking about eternity. When he says he's going to give us comfort and stuff, he doesn't mean he's going to give us a big comfortable bed. He says when times get tough here, he will comfort us. Not sleep number. Right? He will comfort us. What happens is, is when we start worshiping this Jesus, the bling Jesus, where we ask him for stuff all the time, the truth is we're not worshiping God. We're worshiping the stuff that he can give us. How sad. How self-absorbed. Jesus' ministry was to the poor. He went to the last, the lost, the least, people who had nothing. Blessed are the poor. But in this room, the truth is we don't know a whole lot about poor. On this island, in this country, we don't know a whole lot about poor. The poorest person on this island is wealthier than 90% of the rest of the world. 90%. Just because of where he's living. He could have nothing on the street, but because he has access to free food or to health care, he is wealthier than 90% of the rest of the human beings. Isn't it a little sick and disturbing that we're saying, but God wants me to have more. God wants me to have more than that. There's over a billion people that don't even have clean water. But God wants me to have a big house. How does that make any sense? Why do we buy that? Because it sounds good. It looks good. But it doesn't pass the smell tests. Bling Jesus. Not the real Jesus. Sorry, guys. I apologize. If you were hoping to get some gold chains out of it, not happening. Last Jesus. This is a tough one. It looks weird, yeah? Like, I call this religious Jesus. Yeah? Doesn't he look nice in his uniform today? Yeah? Glad he came. But his hair is touching the collar, so that would not be appropriate, just so you know. This is one. Religious Jesus is, is not somebody. Religion is something you're usually born into for a lot of people. Yeah? Jesus is something you're born again into. Right? Religious Jesus is all about um, lists and what you need to be doing to make sure you're saved. Right? 
Religious Jesus is focused on what are you doing instead of focusing on what Jesus has already done. Yeah? This is the Jesus that is okay as long as you guys are here on Sunday morning, you get a check mark. As long as you have your Bible with you, check mark. As long as you put some money in that offering plate after the service, check mark. I've done what I need to do. That's religious Jesus. A lot of us settle for that. Yeah? A lot of us settle for um, regulations and rules instead of relationships. I want to be clear. There's nothing wrong with this stuff. Right? There's nothing wrong with uniforms or having a Sunday service or traditions. Nothing wrong. It only becomes wrong when it takes the place of Jesus. When it's a substitute for Jesus. It's weird that we would be so uptight um, and, and appear to be religious. When, when, when Jesus came, his harshest words were for people who were super religious. But yet somehow we twist it and make that what God wants from us. This is how Jesus talked to the religious people of his day. Woe to you, you teachers of the law and Pharisees. These were the most religious people of the day. You hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. The same way on the outside you appear people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. James, Jesus' brother, says this is what religion is. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God means caring for orphans, widows in their distress, and refusing to let the world corrupt you. If you want to be religious, be that kind of religious. If you're going to be really concerned with religion, make that be your concern. Not if your Bible's shiny, not if you helped out at the fundraiser event, not if you get Sunday attendance, not if you volunteer. Those are great things. But they can't replace Jesus. They can't replace Jesus. Religious Jesus, although we may try, will never replace uh, the real Jesus. Jesus is saying, religious Jesus is about your performance, not about mine. It's not about our imperfect lives, but about Jesus' perfect life. Religious Jesus is uh, not Jesus. I'm going to talk to you real quick about a phenomena that is a little different. So we talked about a bit about people trying to sell you something that isn't authentic. Yeah? People trying to pass something off to you, to trick you. Have you ever watched Pawn Stars and seen someone who thought they had something really valuable? Right? They're like, oh, here's this Picasso that I've had. My dad said it's legit and we've had it in our family. And they said, well, let's call an expert. The expert comes and says, no, this is not the real thing. It's worth nothing. You got hosed. That's terrible news, right? You got hosed. Um, so we talked about these other Jesuses that are fake, so you guys don't buy into that. But there's another weird phenomenon. How many of you guys have ever went out looking to buy something fake? 
when uh, I was younger and I was, um, I had a chance to go to Turkey and there's all this knockoff merchandise. Yeah. And I was on a quest to find a Rolex, a fake Rolex. I'm wearing it this morning. Yeah. I wanted to find a fake Rolex. I would never be able to afford a real Rolex. Right? I'm not willing to make the sacrifice or save the money because it's silly to spend that much money on a watch to have the real deal. But I was satisfied with buying something that I knew was fake. Why? So I could fool everybody else. Even though I knew it was fake, didn't matter. The value was you thought it was real. Ladies, you ever bought a knockoff purse? I'll tell you, um, I was in uh, New York City, Canal Street, and my wife wanted a, a, a coach purse. And me, being the loving husband that I am, said, hey, I know where I can get you a coach purse. And literally, we went in this back alley, right? And there was a storefront, and we, we, someone told us that we can get really nice fake purses there, right? And so we went and said, hey, we're looking for purses. No joke. Person radios somebody. This is not a joke. Five minutes later, they move this whole wall back. We go. We go up some stairs, right? Down the street, through a restaurant, into this little other room. I thought we were going to die. I was like, this is a terrible, terrible decision we're making right now. And in there, they had these purses that looked nice, but they even had the little metal coach things, and you could pick which one you wanted on there, and you could. It was like Build-A-Bear, but for knockoff purses, right? And I got her this, and she was happy with it. She was happy. It was fake. She knew it was fake. She was walking proud with it. She wanted to impress other people. She wanted other people to think that she had something that she really didn't have. Some of us do the same thing with Jesus. Yeah? It's not really about our relationship with Jesus. It's about our relationship with others and how they view us. We know that we're faking it. We know we don't know the real thing. We know that it costs too much or it's going gonna, it's gonna to be too tough for us and we don't want to do everything that's involved. So we settle for the fake Jesus because it's good enough to fool other people. Dude, this watch right here, the second hand sweeps. Do you know what that means? It doesn't go tick, tick, tick. It sweeps like a real Rolex. It had the little decal and the hologram came in a nice box. Worthless. Nothing. It barely keeps time, guys. We talked about the fake Jesus. How do you know the real deal? How do you know what's authentic? You know, um, counterfeit money is a big deal, right? Like, how many of you guys have gone to the convenience store and paid, and they grab your money, and then they get a marker out, and they mark it? Anybody get offended by that? Like, really? How many of you guys do this? Next time someone does that to you, next time you go to 7-Eleven and you give them a, a 50 or a 20 and they do that and they give you your change back, ask for the marker. <laughs> Say, hey, can I see that marker real quick? And just mark it. Act like you know what you're doing. Say, okay, you're good. <laughs> yeah? I just want to make sure you give me the real deal. But listen, the FBI, to find counterfeits... They don't study counterfeits. They don't look at fake dollar bills, fake hundreds, fake tens, fake fifties, so they know what they look like. What do they study? 
the real thing. They study the real thing and they know the real thing so they can see a fake a mile away. You want to see how crooked a stick is? Put it next to a straight one. It's no different with Jesus. You want to know the real Jesus? He's there to find. But you got to go seek him. You got to spend time with him. You got to love him. Look at this. This is God talking. It says, then you will call upon me. Come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. When you love Jesus, you'll want to spend time with Jesus. When you spend time with Jesus, you'll really start to know Jesus. You'll become a Jesus expert. I want you to become Jesus experts so that if you see something of an imposter, that you can call it. My wife's not here. Um, she'll be at the second service. Um, but I would like to, I, I consider myself like um, the nation's leading expert in Chrissy Hawk. That's my wife. Right? Maybe besides her parents, I know my wife better than anybody. There's stuff about her I still probably don't know. But I think I know her better than anybody. But I will tell you this. It's very easy when I'm not seeking her, listening to her, spending time with her, for me to forget about the real Chrissy. It's the same thing with Jesus. It's like being in a relationship or in a marriage and you've never spent any time with the person. Never seeking their heart. Jesus promises, you want to know the real Jesus? Come look for me. You'll find me. With that being said, we're going to close this time in prayer. But I just want you guys to think about um, your relationship with Jesus. How you view Jesus. Is he the Jesus of the Bible? Or is he the Jesus of your imagination? In the beginning it says uh, God created man in his own image. Ever since then, man has be been creating gods in his own image. So I want you just to spend some quiet time before we close with some worship. Just asking yourself, Jesus I want to seek you. I want to know the real you. I'm sorry for uh, accepting these fake substitutions in my life. No matter how much I want them to be true, they're not true. Pray that God would reveal himself to you. That he would make it bitter in your mouth if you were accepting a fake Jesus. I promise you this. Just like Coca-Cola, there's nothing better than the real thing. The real Jesus is worth it. He is a wonderful teacher. He is a friend. He wants to give you life abundantly. He says, seek first, yeah? Seek first me. In the kingdom of heaven. Store up your treasures in heaven. Jesus wants what's best for you. Jesus isn't up there with a big checkbook looking at you saying, nope, didn't do this right. You got to get this check. He's saying, you never could have done it. Don't think that religion could save you now. It couldn't save you before. Why do you think you can get it done now? Just trust me. Love me.
and forgive us. Ask for forgiveness for times where you've been showing off a fake Jesus. For status, for relationships, for whatever personal gain you had to get from it. 